Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for sending Jesus, his birth. Father, we pray today as we take a look at uh, his first coming and his second coming, Father, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, that you would uh, speak to our hearts, our spirits. Father, we open uh, our innermost being to you. We look to you that we may see what you show us and hear what you say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Uh, message translation, uh, verse 1, the birth of Jesus. About the time Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire, um, this was the first census when Canarius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown, hometown to be accounted for. So uh, much like today, the, those government officials decide we need to uh, get a tax from everybody because it would be much more beneficial if we had a tax from everybody. So even the family of Jesus had to submit uh, to this uh, worldwide tax and census, which was then therefore going to cause a tax. Okay, Everyone had to travel to his ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah, David's town, for the census. As a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, who was uh, pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to a son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them. Uh, it says in the hostel, but I like to say in the inn. Uh, there were shepherders camping in the neighborhood that uh, had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A savior has been born in David's town, a savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're uh, to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once, the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Or I think King James says, glory to God in the highest. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel angelic choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as, we, as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the shepherders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The shepherders returned and let loose. I like how it says that. They let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had seen and heard. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Uh, the first thing I want to notice from here is um, if you look, uh, my, my favorite Bible is in the wrong page there. If you look uh, in verse 15, it says, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherders or shepherds uh, said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass. Uh, do you know that the, the word this thing is actually the Greek word rhema? 
So let us go see this rhema that has come to pass. And then in verse 17, and when they had seen it, they made known abroad the rhema which was told them concerning this child. And then in verse 19, Mary kept all these rhemas in her heart and pondered them in her heart. And so uh, it's interesting that Jesus Christ himself is the rhema of God. He is the revelation of God. He is the uh, speaking of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so uh, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this rhema which has come to pass. And so this saying from the Lord which has come to pass. But where I want to go today is I want to talk about, um, you know, we're talking about the king coming the first time. I want to talk about the king coming the second time. Right? So many times at Christmas we're talking about the king coming, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And, you know, shepherds and angels that they got to see, like discerning of spirits was in operation. And all of a sudden they saw these angels in the highest saying, glory to God in the highest. So if you ever think like, uh, you know, some group of people say, well, you shouldn't say, you know, uh, why would people praise like that? Well, people would praise like that because they're so full of the Holy Spirit that praise begins to come out. And uh, the angels uh, begin to praise. And what they said was glory to God in the highest. Peace, goodwill to men. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. So the angels begin uh, to praise or continue to praise or they saw the praise because he was coming. Well, I want to talk about um, praising the king for his second coming. So let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 19. 2 Samuel chapter 19. And I'm going to read in a couple translations. I'll start with King James. And Absalom, whom we appointed over us, is dead in battle. Uh, remember Absalom kind of like uh, was, well, it's not just kind of like, he was a son of David, but he rebelled against David and basically uh, kicked David out. David let it happen because it was his own son. Um, so Absalom, whom we anointed over us, not whom God anointed over us, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now, therefore, why speak you not a word of bringing back the king? And David sent to Zadok and to Abathar the priest, saying, Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring back the king to his house, seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house? Verse 12, You are my brethren, you are my bones and my flesh. Wherefore then are you the last to bring back the king? Bring back the king. Well, uh, you know, this is the tribe of Judah who actually brought David back. And I don't know how much you know about the tribes, 12 tribes, but the tribe of Judah was the tribe of praise. So the tribe that actually brought back the king was the tribe of praise And that's kind of where we're going this morning. But I'm going to make a couple little uh, stops off here. Uh, Message translation says, what are you waiting for? Why don't you bring the king back? You could say, 
why are you silent? Why do you keep still? Why do you lag behind in bringing back the king? Why do you procrastinate in bringing back the king? Why are you not speaking about bringing the king back? Why are you silent to bring him back? Uh, why are you not talking about bringing the king back? Why are you deaf to hear bringing back the king? Uh, why do you let the matter drag on and not bring back the king? Why do you defer the matter to another time and not bring back the king? Why do you loiter and not bring back the king? Why do you hinder the coming of the king? Right? Well, um, why, why hasn't he come back? Why isn't he coming back? I mean, he is coming back, but why hasn't he come back to this point? You understand what I'm saying? Why isn't it happening at this very moment? Uh, why isn't the king coming back? Let's look at a few uh, scriptures in the New Testament. Why is he delayed? James 5, 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. So, uh, number one thing that will uh, quicken or speed up the coming of the king is the precious fruit of the earth coming home, coming, coming back uh, to God and coming in back into his family where he originally intended every human being to be and to be a part with him. So, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, a thousand years as a day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself. Listen to this. I, this, is such a, this is the message translation of this. He's restraining himself on account of you. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. What a father we have. If you have earthly children who are away from the Lord or estranged to you, uh, I don't know any parents that are like that that don't have a real heart for their children and would still do whatever for them. Even as you see David, like he, he left rather than have, a, have to uh, kill his son uh, when he was king. He is restraining himself on your account, is how I would say it. Holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. He's giving everyone space and time to change. Well, how are they going to change? How are they going to know? Is it just magically going to happen? Uh, no, not really. They must hear the good news. Because there's something about the hearing of the gospel because of the preaching of the gospel. Romans chapter 10, uh, Paul talks about this. The Spirit of God inspired him. And said, so, you know, how are people going to hear without a preacher? Right? Uh, one of the reasons we put everything that we have online, not just because of COVID, we were online before, before COVID, uh, but the gospel message must get out. And as long as YouTube and uh, all of these other social media people uh, aren't fully yielded to the Antichrist, we're going to use them. You know, uh, they appear to be heading that way a little bit. So, um, he's given everyone space to change. I, 
I didn't put the reference here. I believe it's First John chapter three. What? Yeah, First uh, John chapter three, verse one through three. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us! Just look at it. We are called children of God. That's who we really are. But that's also why the world doesn't recognize us or uh, take us seriously because it has no idea who He is or what He's up to. But friends, that's exactly who we are, children of God, and that's only the beginning. Who knows how we'll end up? What we know is that when Christ is openly revealed, we'll see him, and in seeing him, become like him. All of us who look forward to his coming stay ready with the glistening purity of Jesus' life as the model for our own. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Hallelujah. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So will we ever be with the Lord. The Lord himself will descend. Uh, you know, I find it interesting... Some people have what's called a divinely granted appearance of Jesus Christ. And if you kind of look at those, uh, many of those, at least from the people that I, I believe actually had the experience, uh, you'll notice that uh, Jesus says one thing in common to all of them. And it's the same thing that he said to his disciples, his followers, uh, the initial apostles. He said, tell them I'm coming soon. Tell them I'm coming soon. And so uh, the second thing I find interesting about those divinely granted appearances is that's not a frequent refrain that you hear a lot of those people emphasizing uh, what Jesus said. You know, they'll be like, I started to walk away from Jesus. And he said, wait, 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 tell them I'm coming soon, right? Jesus is coming soon. Uh, Jesus is coming real soon. And, uh, you know, there is a hunger in the heart of every human for truth and justice and righteousness. And those that are born again, if they uh, yield themselves to the Lord, uh, find that only fully in Him. Or we find it also in those that will yield to Him and to His truth. Those that are not born again are looking for that from the world and they will never find it. Uh, the Bible says in the last days, men will uh, go about deceiving many and being themselves deceived. So uh, if, if you feel like some uh, shaking in the world's political systems and uh, different challenges, different things going on in COVID, uh, such an attack of the enemy, uh, if, you, if you see this stuff, the Bible says lift up your heads and rejoice because your redemption's getting close. And there is a government coming uh, that will execute true justice without, in, without partiality in the earth. And uh, when Christ comes this time, he's not coming as a little baby in a manger. He's coming as uh, the Lord of glory. And, uh, you know, he'll set things straight. So uh, uh, we have that to look forward to. And he is coming, and it's very soon. It's very soon. And, uh, you know, I'd like to say, you know what, it's sooner than it's ever been. 
And some people get caught up like, well, what, you know, what, what, what would you do if Jesus was coming tomorrow? If you knew Jesus was coming tomorrow, what would you do? Well, I hope I would do the exact same thing that I'm going to do uh, today anyhow. Because uh, it's real important to understand he's coming soon. But you know what? If he waits another 70 years, that person that the Lord is prompting you to just show some love to and maybe tell them how your life has been changed by Jesus tomorrow, if they die on Tuesday, it doesn't do them any good that Jesus didn't come for 70 more years if you did not talk to them on Monday when the Lord prompted you to do it. So for them, he might as well have been coming on Tuesday because uh, their life was ended. So uh, Jesus is coming soon, and we ought to all live, you know, occupy until I come, Jesus said. So we're not to, like, stop living and do all those things, but we have to keep our vision in the right place and our, 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 um, our hope and our faith in the right place because uh, natural human people... Uh, leaders uh, can disappoint you. And um, anytime you get large groups of people, you ought to do a study of large groups of people in the Bible sometime. What happens when large groups of people <laughs> kind of get together? Uh, I'm not saying like you, uh, at all, like not having a large church or whatever. This will probably be a large church at some point. Um, but what I'm saying is you look at the Tower of Babel, uh, you, you look in many cases of Genesis, when all the people get together and they make a corporate decision like that, many times they miss God. They miss God. And so you got to follow uh, what the Lord puts in your heart and what you see from the scriptures. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So will we ever be with the Lord. So uh, one thing we can do to speed up his coming is ourselves to receive Jesus Christ. If you have never received Jesus Christ, uh, you ought to receive him because it will speed up his coming. But number two is we can tell other people about Jesus and we can support those who go to places that maybe we wouldn't go to tell other people about Jesus. And so I believe uh, next month we're going to have um, our friends from Hungary come to visit the missionaries. And uh, I think it's around the 20th or something like that. And so, uh, you know, we're going to bless them financially as well. And we support missionaries. And so, and then we uh, endeavor as we interact with people and as we go uh, different places that we tell people about Jesus. Uh, he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. It's interesting, the precious fruit of the earth, if you look at it right now, that he's talking about doesn't look very precious. To natural human eyes. But God looked at you and he looked at me when we didn't look precious. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And so he's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. Number three, uh, praise. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. After taking it over, talking it over with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed a choir for God, dressed in holy robes. They were to march ahead of the troops, saying... Give thanks to God. His love never quits. 
As soon as they started shouting and praising, God sent ambushments against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir as they were attacking Judah, and they all ended up dead. The Ammonites and Moabites mistakenly attacked those from Mount Seir and massacred them. Then further confused, they went on uh, at each other and all ended up killed. As Judah came up over the rise, looking into the wilderness for the horde, where, where did I lose my place? For the horde of barbarians, they looked on a killing field of dead bodies, not a living soul among them. So Judah, you know, remember all of these armies came against them and they didn't know what to do. So Jehoshaphat, being the leader, said he set himself to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast. He said, let's all seek the Lord. And he did seek the Lord. And the Lord said, put the praisers out front. You're not going to have to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But what, they ha what did they have to do? They had to praise the Lord. So they said in King James, For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And they went out in front of the army, For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And then, of course, you know in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas are in prison and they have been beaten and they're in the innermost prison and their feet are in stocks and their hands are in stocks. And it says, At midnight... They prayed and sang praises to God, and the prisoners heard them. So they didn't say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I cannot whisper. No, they said it loud enough that the other prisoners in the prison heard them. And so, and it said where they uh, sang and praised, uh, everyone's bands were loose. There was a great earthquake, and they were all set free. Because they began to praise. And so, uh, in 2 Samuel, we heard when Absalom was dead, the people started saying, why don't you bring the king back? Why haven't you brought the king back? Well, uh, the three things that will bring the king back is the precious fruit of the earth coming in. So, uh, you receive him. Number two, help bring the precious fruit of the earth in. And number three, be constantly praising the Lord. Constantly praising the Lord. And I don't know a better uh, time to live in when it's necessary to praise than 2021 and the rest of 2020 is that we just be people of praise. Amen. That every time we turn around, we're praising the Lord. Because when you don't have your mouth filled with praise, your mouth is not filled with faith. Amen. When you don't have your mouth filled with praise, it's liable some, it will be filled with something else. I cannot believe they act like that. I mean, when I was a kid, we walked to school and somehow it was uphill both ways. But there is a lack of honor. There is a lack of integrity. But honestly, there's a lack of godly families. God designed a family in the very beginning. And he never uh, uh, gave up his vision for the human family to be centered around a mother and a father and children who all worship Christ. God told Adam... Let's see. 
As far as I know and have experienced, God is all-powerful and all-knowing and all-present. And he created Adam. So in other words, the perfect creator created Adam and said, it is not good for you to be alone. And yet Adam had God. So uh, God wants to work through families. He wants to work through your family. He wants to show up in your marriage. He wants to show up in your parenting. He wants to show up uh, if, you, if you are grown and uh, uh, you, know, you don't live with your parents. He wants to show up in your interactions with your mother and father who may be getting older and doing funny things. <laughs> you may not understand what they're, what they're going through. He wants to show up in your relations with your parents, your grandparents, your family, uh, your children, your brothers, your sisters, even though they may be like thinking totally different than what you think. And you may be thinking totally different than what they think. They'll know us by our love, Jesus said. Right? That's how they're going to know us, by our love. So, sometimes I have family members that I would really like to make a comment to, but I let the love of Christ constrain me. Hopefully always, but most of the time. <laughs> but praise is going to bring back the king. And praise is going to keep us and keep our tongue which directs our life where God can use us. Because God wants to use you if you're born again. Uh, he wants to use you if you're not, but you've got to be born again first. But if you're born again, and he wants to have you confess with your lifestyle and with your mouth, it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. This body... Uh, as a yielded vessel to the Lord. Offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. That's your reasonable act of worship or spiritual act of worship, NIV says. It's your spiritual act of worship. And so one of the best ways that we can speed up the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is to be about the gospel spreading business and to be about praising the king, Amen. to bring back the king. Well, why do you procrastinate? Uh, why don't you, why do you put it off? We ought to just start praising the Lord and uh, preaching, the, continue to preach the gospel and watch the king come back. Amen? Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would. If the worship team will come, we're going to uh, end uh, today with a couple of songs. And uh, I'm going to give the invitation during the first song. And I don't know if, if I, Jeremy, if I have to use a different mic, just tell me. We want to say to everyone, Merry Christmas. We pray that you have uh, the most blessed Christmas you've ever had in 2020. I don't subscribe to the, well, it's 2020, so everything's going to be horrible. Uh, you know, as a believer, we have authority. We're not just supposed to give in to what happens in the world. We're actually supposed to lead
keep preaching? I can do it. Okay.
with us this morning online or in person, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, maybe you've been around church your whole life, maybe you've, uh, uh, maybe no one knows except for you, you and the Lord, that you've never actually turned your life over to Him. I want to invite you this morning to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I want to invite you this morning to turn your life over to Him. It's, it's not a scary thing. It's actually one of the easiest things you could ever do, but it does cost you everything that you have. It costs the Lordship of your life. When you receive Jesus, you're saying, I'm not going to live for myself anymore. Some people are looking for a cause to live, to live for. They're looking for a purpose in life and a reason to exist and something to get behind. This is the greatest cause and the greatest reason you could ever have in your entire life. All of the other causes are shallow, but they really stem from the same hunger, which is to be right with God and to see people all treated the same, all treated in love, all treated in blessing. In Christ, there is neither male nor female, slave or free. Jesus Christ died to set every single one of us free. Free from the influence of the devil, the power of the devil to dominate us. Free to live for him. Free to be the most satisfied that you could ever be in life. Jesus said, if you're looking for an answer, he said, I am the answer. I am the way. Well, what's the way I should go? Jesus said, I am the way. Somebody said, well, what's actually true? Everybody's deceiving. What's actually true? Jesus said, I am the truth. Somebody said, I really want to live my life. Jesus said, what? I am the life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. Stop trying to know so much and just know him. If you know Jesus, your whole perspective changes. Best relationship you'll ever have in your entire life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want forgiveness, Jesus offers forgiveness. If you want a new life, you want to start over, Jesus will give you a new life. If you want to go to heaven and miss hell, Jesus is your entrance into heaven. No one can come to the Father except by him. By responding to this, you're saying, I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want to be forgiven. I want my sins removed. I, I don't want to live for myself any longer. I want to live for Jesus. Right now, just look to your heart. How do you find your heart? Your heart, it's not your head. It's not where you reason things out and analyze things. Your heart, one of the best ways I know to identify your heart is if you had a conflict with someone and you really don't want to be nice to them or forgive them, but you decide, the real you decides in your heart, I freely forgive. That's the same place that you trust God from. Romans chapter 10 said, is with the heart that people believe. And with the mouth, you express that belief. Confession is made to salvation, what the Bible says. You express that belief. With the heart, we believe. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a few seconds. And when I do, if you've never received Jesus Christ 
in your heart, I'm inviting you right now to make a decision for him. It's the best decision you'll make in your life. You don't have to take my word for it. God's spirit himself is moving upon your heart right now. Don't resist him, but yield to him. Let that frustration go. Let the discontent go. And invite Jesus into your heart. Your life will never be the same. Pray this with me. All believers and those that would like to become a believer, say this. Say, oh God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. And that he died on the cross to take away my sins. And to make me right with you. I receive Jesus Christ right now. I take him as my Lord and as my Savior. I'm going to live for him every day. I'm not living for myself anymore. I have decided to follow Jesus. Thank you, God, that I am now your child and you're my father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, your life has just been recreated in Christ Jesus. You still look the same on the outside, but everything has changed on the inside. All the old has passed away. Uh, old addictions, old habits, old disease, physical diseases, those are now severed from you by the blood of Jesus. You are free. Uh, if you couldn't walk, you're free to walk. If you, if you had mental problems, you're free to think clearly in Jesus' name.